Welcome to the Wellness Marketer Podcast, a show dedicated to helping wellness professionals grow their business with easy and effective digital marketing strategies. I'm your host, Katie Costa, and I'm a nutritional scientist, entrepreneur, and digital marketing professional. And bringing business and science together is kind of my jam. Tune in for interviews with the industry's best, inspirational stories, and everything marketing. Thanks for joining me today. And this is the Wellness Marketer Podcast. In our first clip here, I'm chatting with Jas Dupak all about growing her practice into a full-time business only one and a half years out of nutrition school, which is absolutely incredible. And in this upcoming clip, she shares all about how choosing a niche and being able to pivot her niche has been one of the most instrumental things in helping her attract clients, serve them well, and again, grow her practice into a full-time business in less than two years. So let's dive in. First off, thank you. I really appreciate that. Honestly, it's been a lot of work and I feel like I'm just so motivated because I love what I do that it honestly makes it easy. But something that I would say that has really helped me is the ability to pivot when it comes to niches and being able to niche down. So For example, when I first started, I didn't understand the reason why people would niche. I was always like, well, I want to help everyone and anyone. But Mm -hmm. realistically, that makes it so much harder on you, but also for the client, because that way the client's not getting what they need. They're going to someone who, I mean, for some nutritionists I know who don't niche down, it works well for them. But Mm -hmm. for myself, I just... I've tried it and I'm like all over the map, but then also I know that the client is not getting what they need. Um, So when I first started to niche down, I was just doing women's health and I thought that that was like so niche. I ended up doing gut health and I was like, oh, perfect gut health. Like that is super niche down. And I remember telling um, Ashley, one of my friends, this and she was like okay that's like not a niche like gut health is not a niche (laughs) and so I did bloating um, and bloating has been my niche for the past few months and especially since doing this full-time I just started Mm -hmm. doing full-time in June but now I'm starting to notice that with bloat it also falls down in a tough like with a ton of different ailments. So I'm really starting to focus on just candida and parasites now, possibly just candida cleansing. So I know I noticed that shift in your bio and stuff. And I was like, Oh, we are adding something else to the mix. Yes. I feel like first off, I am like, I feel like out of everything, that is seriously what I'm so, so passionate about. And I just like, Oh, I feel so good helping someone through a candida cleanse and like seeing them feel so good after it and during it. And it's just such a good feeling. And it's so fun. I love researching it. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed that since doing, for example, bloat and now candida, there's been such a huge shift in clientele just because of it being so specific, because now I have my friends who are nutritionists who will recommend me for someone who's looking for a candida cleanse. And I have friends who, or sorry, I will recommend my friends for um, someone who is looking for pain management or Mm -hmm. uh, mental health, which is really great. And so you start to 
become your own brand in the sense of you being that expert in that niche. And I think that's what's so important. And being, it is, yeah. again, like, sorry, again, like um, being able to pivot. And so if something doesn't work, try something else. And you're never going to know if it's going to work or not if you're not willing to try it. So um, building on other platforms, getting out in the community, talking about controversial topics is huge. Mm -hmm. um, asking your audience if this is through Instagram, what they suffer with most and just knowing who your ideal client is. 100%. And I think it's really important like to highlight, like when we're niching down, or like talking about picking a niche. It's like, I feel like it's also such a buzzword right now in like the yes. business space, but it actually is true. And when you, when you like come back to like the why it's so that like you can craft better messaging. And then when you can craft better messaging, you will attract the right people because you know, if I'm reading a post from Jess and she's talking about just, you know, nothing against your lemon water, but I'm gonna just use lemon water here. Like lemon water, like to stay healthy versus lemon water to like decrease bloating. Like just having like that minor shift in the way that you talk about health and like all of your tips and your knowledge, that's when someone goes and says, oh yeah, like that's what I'm struggling with. Because I find a lot of, I'm gonna go on like a little bit of a rant here, but like a big like gap in terms of like marketing and like the, for the practitioners, like you, you guys are so trained and so knowledgeable on all these like specific um, conditions or health issues, but then you forget to talk about the symptoms and the process. And that's why I love that you also said there, like ask them what they're suffering with, because it's so easy to just talk about like, oh, like I do candida cleanses and you know, this is, this is how awesome it is. And this is what it is, but someone might not even know that's what they're suffering from. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, then you're just, you're getting lost. You're getting lost in translation because like, you're just not speaking their language, I guess. And like what you're saying isn't really hitting home for them. And that's really what choosing a niche is about. It's about talking about the things that are going to make your audience want to work with you. And for health, it's usually about the transformation and feeling good and looking good and just living your, your hashtag best life. One of the most consistent questions I get on Instagram is how do I grow my account, especially in 2021? So this next segment is a clip from episode number 13, which was all about how to grow with intention on the gram. My point about hashtags and engagement is still so relevant. It was the perfect spot to revisit. So let's go. Number one tip for being consistent with Instagram growth is lurking the right hashtags and engaging with people in those hashtags. Yes, a lot of it is manual work, but unfortunately, a lot of the work is manual and any of those like get rich quick or like grow your audience fast things, they're, you know, easy come, easy go. It's probably not high quality followers. It's definitely not targeted. And a lot of it is just bots and people that you don't even really want on your accounts anyways. So I like to do this by going, like think of in your mind, think of what kind of hashtags that your patients or your clients are using. I'm gonna use Jazz for example, since you're here. Um, she helps people with candida cleansing and um, what else do you do Jazz? Candida, parasite, gut, bloating. I know, I'm just joking with you. So if Jazz is looking to grow her audience with more people who are looking for uh, like a candida cleanse service and a nutritionist to take them through that process, then she's gonna wanna like look at hashtags like 
hashtag candida, like hashtag candida cleanse. That might even be something that more of a practitioner is using. Uh, hey, Dr. Duncan. Uh, so Kelsey here is a fertility, well, she's a naturopathic doctor who does hormonal health and fertility treatments, or I don't know if treatment's the right word, sorry, but <laughs> you have a fertility program. So she might be looking for people, uh, like looking up hashtags, like hashtag like infertility. Um, but the long, like the moral of the story is if you go onto different hashtags that your audience would actually be using, like hashtag endometriosis patient or something like that, then you can actually see the right kinds of people that would want to be like, that would ideally work with you in your practice. And then you can engage with them, like follow them, like their stuff, uh, leave a comment. Don't do like a crazy spam where you're like, uh, like, you know, like you go into your account and you know when someone's just like followed you and like liked a ton of your shit just so that you'll follow them back. Like, don't be that person. You can authentically engage with someone. But the big thing here is to like get the attention of someone by being a notification on their phone because that's something you do have control over. And even if you just do like five to 10 people per day, if those are truly targeted people and you actually get their attention or they follow you back, like all of a sudden you have five to 10 new leads on your Instagram every single day that are actually your ideal person to work with you in your practice. So like if you're not doing that, like at least once or twice a week, then I don't know what you're doing. Okay, so Dr. Duncan said, just for people who are listening on the podcast, I always struggle with who to engage with because people may not be advertising that they're dealing with fertility. That is very true. So I would ask, I would tell you then, if you can go, like think of your top two or top three um, patients that you're currently seeing that you know are on Instagram or better yet that you know found you through Instagram and go through their posts and see what kind of things that they're like what kind of hashtags and what kind of content they're posting because they'd be like a good litmus test in terms of okay like how are people like reacting to your stuff or or even you know just what is my ideal person doing online where are they hanging out online and then like you know maybe they're like hashtag mom tribe or whatever exactly yeah and then like you would go to hashtag mom tribe and see other people in there and it might take you a few to really like find your groove or to see like oh i know a lot of my people are hanging out here but you'll find them and then Keep going with that. If you're someone who wants to spend less time on Insta, you're going to love this next clip, which was taken from episode 30, three mistakes you're making on IG as a health pro. But to be honest, so many small business owners make this mistake. The basis of this next clip can save you hours of screen time every single week while protecting your mental health on Instagram. And I know you're going to love it mistake that you are probably making on Instagram is that you are spending way too much time on Instagram. And I know it seems counterintuitive, but you are scrolling and scrolling and scrolling and getting trapped in comparison-itis and you just start to focus on looking outward. You're too focused on looking at what everyone else is doing and that is going to disconnect you from your creative flow. You're also spending so much time on there that you don't even know what you're doing on Instagram. This happens all the time with my clients. I ask, I tell them actually, hey, I need you to spend 60 minutes a day on Instagram in order to get your daily marketing done. And they go, what? And then I go, how many hours are you currently spending on Instagram? And you know, they sheepishly look and you know, find out that it's two or three hours. But when I ask them what they're doing in those two to three hours, 
they have no idea except scrolling, maybe answering some DMs, maybe posting some stories, but you know what I mean. So when you spend less time on Instagram, you can actually be so much more intentional about what you're doing and you start doing the things that actually move the needle. And like I said, you can do them in about 60 minutes a day. I call this the Instagram power hour and I teach it inside of a holistic marketing academy. For those of you who don't know, that's my self-paced program for health pros, teaching you how to market yourself online and book more of those dream clients. So the Instagram power hour is an amazing way for you to, you know, spend only 60 minutes a day on Instagram and actually be growing your following, boosting your engagement and generating leads with the right kinds of people. So connecting with your audience and creating content um, that actually creates demand for your product are the two things that you should be doing in those 60 minutes. And like I said, I go more into that inside of HMA if you wanna learn how step-by-step to actually do that. But in those 60 minutes, like I said, you can connect with your audience and create content that creates demand for your product. Mistake number two is all about not being consistent. When you are inconsistent, Instagram is just not going to work for you. So showing up consistently not only helps you on Instagram in terms of, you know, the algorithm loves when you post lots of high quality content. It wants to promote creators that are creating, but showing up consistently is going to build trust with your audience, which is so much more important than any algorithm. Because human brains interpret inconsistency as unreliable and therefore untrustworthy. So instead of getting hung up on posting five times per week, I wanna ask you right now, how can you show up and share high value content consistently without burning out? even if it means dropping down to two to three times per week when it comes to creating content. And a quick fact that I want to leave you with, and this is, you know, why I love holistic marketing, uh, which is like my signature process for marketing. But when you're doing other things to promote and you market yourself, like you have a growing email list and you're running ads and you have a bomb website. You don't have to put all of your eggs in in that basket, in the Instagram basket by having to post five times per week. So by having a more holistic approach to your marketing, um, that will also maybe help you with some of the guilt uh, that might come up when you try and pull back, especially if Instagram is your main way that you are being visible right now and, you know, connecting with new potential clients. So mistake number three that you are probably making is you are not selling your services. So I need you to stop assuming that people know who you are, what you do, and how to work with you. Everyone knows that organic reach is dropping on Instagram. The new algorithm changes over the last couple of years have all pointed towards organic reach going down and having to lean more on paid advertising to reach this audience that you have spent so long building. So considering that you only maybe, maybe reach 10% of your audience with any given 
post, how does it feel when you think about, have you really been promoting and selling your services? You know, so we are so hyper aware of how much we're promoting ourselves and we don't want to, you know, oversell and, you know, turn people off. And I totally, totally appreciate that. But for the most part, we are so hypersensitive to selling that we think we're selling like all the time. And in reality, you're like promoting your services twice a month. And at the end of the day, if you're only reaching 10% of your audience with each post, promoting your services a couple of times a month is just not going to cut it. Something else that I teach inside of or as part of holistic marketing is that Instagram is not a business and on average, any person is going to need between seven and 12 touch points with your brand online, whether it's visiting a website or seeing a post or getting a newsletter, those all count as one touch point. And on average, people need seven to 12 touch points before they actually take action. So people are not seeing it or not like seeing your calls to action if you are only posting a couple of times of month. Um, so part of selling your services to circle back earlier in the episode is about posting content that creates demand for your product. If you are not creating content that creates demand for your product, Instagram will never, you will never turn your followers into clients. Okay. The other part of selling your services is actively inviting people um, to engage with you in a non-boring way. Lots of people like to think that Instagram just doesn't work anymore or it's not working for them. And most of the time, 90% of the time, it's because you are being boring. And I don't mean that in a mean way because you are unique and amazing and eccentric all in your own ways. And sometimes, again, coming back to like that comparisonitis of spending so much time on Instagram, we think we have to show up in a certain way and we don't. And when you start to do that, you are stripping away your magic and that's why your content is boring and that's why what you're doing online is boring and not getting results. It's because you're trying to be like everybody else and the world doesn't need everybody else and that is never gonna work for you the world needs you. The dreaded algorithm. There is so much misinformation about Instagram and the algorithm online. Like, I don't know what it is about the algorithm that makes people want to make up misinformation and spread it around, but some of the stuff I see is just ridiculous. So in this clip, I'm breaking down what the algorithm is about how it works, and why it doesn't change as much as people say it does. So let's get into it. Okay, it's really easy to get caught up in the hype of Instagram. And what we're gonna do in this episode is really simplify it. And that's always my goal, is to simplify the marketing for you guys so that we can uncover the things that really move the needle forward and get you results. And if you're someone who's like, Maybe you're thinking right now, okay, like Katie, just get to the good stuff. I want to highlight that this is the good stuff, okay? No amount of Instagram strategy can outmarket a bad offer, something like if you're selling something your clients don't want, and or if you don't even have like a concrete goal for what you're trying to do or achieve on Instagram, then you're always going to have this like moving target slash it's just going to be impossible to hit. So no amount of quote unquote, Instagram hacks 
are actually going to help you achieve this long-term result if you don't have these fundamental pieces in place. And I truly do mean that because for 2021, I'm pretty sure the vibe for everyone, maybe not, but let me know if this is you. Send me a DM on Instagram at the wellness marketer. I fucking love Instagram, but I'm trying to, you know, spend less time on it in 2021 so that I can really focus on the things that matter while I am on the app and then, you know, take my life back and do these other important CEO things or just, you know, enjoy my life. So those are the those are the fundamental fundamentals, guys. Those are the basics. As mentioned, your goal should be about sales. And yeah, not everything's about the numbers for people. If you're going to come, if you're going to come at me with that, like it's not always about the numbers, but when it's your time, when it's your energy, if it's not getting you the numbers, then you have to move on. And that's just a fact of being a solopreneur or starting up a business. So the goal should be about sales, not about follower growth, not number of posts per week, but sales. Because if I lost followers, right? Like if I only posted one time, in a week, lost 10 followers after that post, but I got five sales, that is a huge win for me, a huge win. And so a lot of quote unquote seeing success on Instagram is actually about reframing what is important to you and really focusing on that. And I'm like doing my hand motions, what else is new? But like visual, like horse with blinders on, just forget the rest, like laser focus on that goal. So that being said, the algorithm is not the enemy. It's not the enemy. It doesn't even change that much. Everyone's on Instagram like new algorithm, new algorithm, alert, alert. They are not changing. Do you know how much that would cost? Do you know how much that would cost Facebook? to engineer, re-engineer that software every six months in the way that people think they do, it doesn't change that much. The one thing that the algorithm is trying to do, the one thing is keep people on the app longer by showing people the posts that they think will keep them on the app longer. And so what does that mean? It means that that's why You want to get more likes, quote unquote, you're looking for more likes so you can have better engagement so you can get more reach on the Instagram algorithm, right? Or, you know, the new algorithm loves reels. It loves reels. Gotta post the reels or I'm going to lose my, lose my reach, right? So again, reframing the algorithm is not the enemy and the algorithm doesn't really change. It's just slowly tweaking and they make these small tweaks so that it can get smarter, okay? And it can show people the content that they really wanna see. So that being said, your intention, no matter what algorithm quote unquote update is coming out, your intention, your focus stays the same. Like forget the noise. I'm like, this is a no bullshit episode today, guys, but like it really doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter. So as long as you're posting content that your audience, that your ideal clients truly find interesting and want to engage with content that actually helps them in some way, then they're going to keep engaging with it. And you are going to come out on top every time the algorithm updates, because for most people, it's not an issue of 
okay, like I don't, it's not an issue of not understanding the algorithm, okay? Like there's no secret that you don't know in regards to the algorithm. There's like three main factors that the algorithm is built on. So one, and I'll get into these right now, but one is, do you have a relationship with this person? A digital relationship. If they've engaged with your posts before, it's going to appear higher on their feed, okay? And I want to think of, I'm not gonna spend too much time here because this is this is not really about Instagram planning, but again, very important. And this is probably gonna be a bit of a longer episode, which you guys can obviously see if you're at this stage because you can see the whole episode length and I'm just getting into it. So you have you have more insight than me here. Okay, so the three elements that are basically determining the algorithm or like what someone's feed looks like is like, do you have a relationship with this person? Number two is did others like this content? Does it have good engagement? That signals if it's a good quality piece of content. And then therefore, Instagram wants to show you the highest quality pieces of content, the content that will keep you on the app, okay? And then number three, I say, the third uh, factor is, is it recent-ish, okay? Uh, It started off, is it recent, but with current changes, like, you know, you can see posts in your feed that are like up to three, four, five days old sometimes when they're like really high quality. So the time obviously is still a factor. Instagram is not good at all for what we call evergreen content. Like once you post it, it kind of dies unless you have a strategy for pumping new life back into it. But those are the three factors that really impact the algorithm and who sees your posts. So don't stress about it. It's really not rocket science. The only thing you have to think of is how do I keep putting out content that my audience actually wants to see? In the last clip of this roundup episode, I'm talking all about the psychology between presenting your product versus presenting an offer to your audience. Making your audience an offer they can't refuse will inspire so many more people to take action, whether you're selling on stories, in feed, or to your email list. Thanks so much for joining me in this roundup episode, and I hope you enjoy this last clip. How to sell anything on Instagram stories is your product versus your offer. Now, this is something that not a lot of people are talking about, and I think that product and offer are often used interchangeably, and maybe maybe you have an idea as to what offer means to you. Maybe you don't. However, I want to paint two new definitions for you guys because this is going to help you sell whatever you're selling on stories. So one of the first things that we want to identify, you know, when we want to sell something on Instagram stories is what is the thing that we are selling and making sure that that product or offer is aligned with what your ideal clients and what your audience actually wants and needs, not just what you want to sell. And that is a very necessary first step. But getting into the definition of a product versus an offer, the product is like your packaged good or service. This is like an ebook or a course or a coaching program. It's whatever that they're buying to basically work with you, to get mentored by you. 
But an offer, on the other hand, can be, it can be a bundle of products, like more than one thing, um, but it could also just be one product plus support or any bonuses and any kind of incentive to take action now. So this is very important. An offer is not only your product, but the bundle of products, support, and any incentive to take action now. That is your offer. I want you to think of the quote. They made me an offer I couldn't refuse, right? That is a very popular line. Um, And when we think about what that means, it doesn't say they had a product I really fucking needed. It's they made me an offer I couldn't refuse, which means that it's the way that your offer, it's the way that your product is presented, that is your offer. Your offer is going to make sure that they get the results that they want. Your product is just the teaching mechanism. So for example, let's take Holistic Marketing Academy. Holistic Marketing Academy is my product. It's a program, it's a 12 week self-paced marketing program. However, the offer, when I go to sell it on Instagram stories, I'm letting them know that in when you sign up for Holistic Marketing Academy, when you buy Holistic Marketing Academy, you also get access to a Facebook group where you get to ask all of your questions and make sure that you're doing it right. You also get um, access to, let's say, one-on-one support with me if you buy the VIP option to make sure, again, that you are going to get the results that you want. It also comes with three limited time bonuses to make your life easier and make executing easier. So I think, for example, one of my bonuses is a 30-day Instagram calendar, 28 days of Instagram story prompts, right? These are all things that they are getting when they do purchase the product um, that's going to help them get the results that they're after, which is marketing themselves so that they can book consistent clients every single month and eventually fill their online practice as well as the incentive. So for example, when you buy Holistic Marketing Academy today, you're not only going to get the program, access to me, all of these bonuses to make sure that you can execute this in the least amount of time, And, you know, the cherry on top is that if you take action in the next 48 hours, you are going to save $500 or, you know, it's only open for enrollment for the next 72 hours. And, you know, therefore you have to, this is your chance to get in and get all of these juicy things at this either special price or at this special time. So the product centers the business. It's what the product does versus the offer centers the buyer and making sure that you are setting them up to get the results that they truly want to feel super supported and to ultimately just provide some incentive for them to take action right now. Because most of you guys are showing up on stories and just pitching your products, talking about your product, but, and then wondering why it doesn't gain traction. And it's like, dude, People need a reason to buy now. So that's where the incentive comes in. But they also just want to feel like they are getting more than they bargained for. Like this is part of human psychology of sales. Like we want more, like especially when it comes down to saving money. Like 
right? Like think about like the two, the two for one deals, or sorry, not the two for one deals, but like, you know, when you go to the grocery store and it's like two for $6 or one for three fifty, and you really only need one, but you buy two because they've made you an offer. They said, if you buy, I know you only need one, but if you buy two today, you are going to save a dollar. <laughs> right? Like that's literally the offer and you take them up on it. But why would you, and maybe you wouldn't have even bought one of those things if it weren't for the sale. And that's the difference of the product versus the offer. So I hope that, um, that painted a very clear picture for you guys. And I want you to start thinking about if you do have a product, how you can start to, um, position that as an offer or how you can even come up with an offer. Um, to sell your product uh, with more ease and watch how that shifts your entire sales strategy. Thank you so much for pushing play today. Your support truly means the world to me. If you liked today's episode, subscribe, send it to a friend or share it on social media. While you're there, you can find me at The Wellness Marketer on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. Although Instagram is my vice of choice. I'm your host, Katie Costa. And thanks again for supporting the TWM podcast. Until next time.